Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Thought Architecture. And as always, I'm your host, Justin, and taking you through today's session, we'll be looking at the need for cognitive back backbearings, the three, uh, perhaps four if you are so inclined to count it, uh, the three zones of the mind, as well as the need for cognitive agility. And so before we before we begin this, I mean, it's it's quite interesting. There, there are two things to talk about. Just number one is the need for mindfulness and the push of mindfulness nowadays is quite interesting. And the thing to, to remember is that a lot of the mindfulness that we see in the West, in places like, you know, America, the UK, Europe, a lot of the mindfulness comes from actually the Buddhist practices that were brought over in the 60s and that they are pushed today. And so even those practices, if we contextualize those types of practices, we see that they were created for certain things. And the West has, in essence, kind of, um, you know, taken control of them and decided that they're better used for these types of things as well. And so a lot of these practices are out of the cultural context, which actually brought them to life. And so they, the original purpose of them has also been lost. It's kind of like, um, <clears throat> you know, a lot of yoga. Uh, yoga was very spiritual and the actual poses and asanas and things like that. They were... Um, the cultural context for them was embedded within other spiritual practices as well and the need for connection with, with God, with oneness, with the universe, whatever you want to call it. And nowadays people do it as like a class at the local gym. Oh, I'm going to go do some yoga. There is absolutely zero spirituality behind it. It's a great exercise, but it has been decontextualized and it has been uh, reappropriated in its own way. And so for that, it's worth examining a little bit of mindfulness as well. And so that's what a lot of uh, we're going what we're going to be talking about here is is the purpose of mindfulness and really the the functions and the context that we could birth a practice of our own as well. And so without getting too crazy, let's talk about this. So I read an article a couple of years ago where um, you know a whole bunch of these people, the journalists that work for this newspaper, were asking their parents questions about their lives and it was basically contrasting the parents hopes dreams expectations for them when they were children and what did their parents think of them now okay and some of them were hilarious like the parents just walked out and they actually wrote down you know mom storms off and walks out or something like that it was quite funny but it, it prompted an interesting question in my mind which was huh i wonder what my own parents think so the the questions by the way are things like um when I was growing up, what did you want for me? Did you, did you see me becoming a, a doctor, a lawyer? Uh, did I have any talents that you wanted me to, to really, uh, you know, work at and, and become talented, you know, even more talented in and eventually get a job in this particular thing? Like if it was arguing, then being a lawyer or singing to become a pop star or something like that, you know. And, um, and apart from that, it was just what did you want for me? So... You know, a lot of these people did that and then asked, okay, cool. Well, now that I'm 30, uh, are you proud of me? What do you think of my life? Um, do you see that I've actually done these things or not? And asking parents for feedback is a very, very, very interesting thing to do. So if you're of the age where there's at least a couple of decades, let's say you're, you know, late 20s, early 30s, maybe, um, you know, it could be a useful exercise to kind of ask your parents, like, what did you want from me when I was five years old? And let's compare that to today. And <clears throat> what do you think of my life today? 
So I did this with, you know, with my mom. Uh, my father unfortunately had passed at the time so I spoke to my mom and I said well you know were there any talents or anything like that growing up and she was like no 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 no. you know like you were very talented absolutely but no we just wanted you to be happy I'm like oh well did you want me to be a doctor no 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 we just wanted you to be happy to be happy and that's that's her only answer for everything and I was like okay so you wanted me to be happy that's fine Um, so are you proud of me now oh yes you've accomplished a lot you've done a lot of things that's great you know you did this you did that you got this you got that and and I thought about her question and I said, well, am, you know, do you think that I'm happy? And she she didn't hesitate in answering. And she said, I don't, th- I don't think you've ever really experienced happiness. And it wasn't meant to be a blow or anything like that. It was meant to be just an honest reflection of like, well, you're not a happy person, you know. And it was pretty much then four months later, I quit my job and moved on. On the search for, well, if I'm not happy with my life, well, why am I doing it? And I realized like a lot of the stuff that I was doing was also, yes, it was nice for me to do, but it was very externally validating. Oh, look, I got this. I've spoken in front of these people. And, you know, it wasn't something that I really cared about. It was something that I cared about for the social validation or for the prestige that comes with it. And I mean, we all do these types of things. But it was nice to kind of think, well, you know what, I've done those things now. So let me focus on myself. And this brings up the interesting concept of um, back bearings. Now, for those of you who were a scout or did orienteering or something like that, you would know that if you're walking around in the middle of nowhere and you've got a map and a compass, if you're standing in one spot and you want to get to another point on that map, you use your compass, you orientate your map to north, okay, and then you take a bearing. Okay, we have to walk 10 degrees north. Okay, so we walk in that direction. But the idea is that that's from the point that you're standing now to the point that you want to get to. And if you would draw a line in between those two points, right, then we've got a straight line. The thing is, is people don't walk on straight lines and people walk very often. You know, they veer sideways, they walk like crabs. Maybe it's not possible to walk straight because there's a mountain in your path, you have to walk around the mountain. So how do you know that you get back onto that straight line or that you are walking in a straight line? Well, when you get to a certain point, let's say you've walked for an hour, it's important for you to turn around and take a back bearing, which goes from your point to that original point. And the idea is that it should be on the opposite end of your compass. <clears throat> and if it's not, you have veered off and you've kind of walked on like a, a line instead of, you know, walking in a straight line, you've created a, a bit of a triangle kind of, you know, veering off to the upper right instead of straight. <clears throat> So the need for back bearings in just in orienteering, just in walking, super, super, super important because it keeps you on that original trajectory, that original path. Now, when we talk about life and we talk about abstract ideas, it's very important that we take inspiration from physical ideas. Well, the physical need for back bearings is important so we can see, have we gone off the path? And I like this idea because I think even if you are the most well-adjusted, well-adapted person with perfect goals, like you sat for months figuring out your goals and your steps and things like that, you still are going to walk through life and be challenged by obstacles, the mountains of despair, you know, like the rivers of discipline, you know, the randomness of the rain of life, the chaos that it brings. Uh, to stretch the metaphors. <laughs> so so the very simple point is that you are going to get to a position where you will need to look behind you and say, where have I come? Am I still walking along the path that I intended to walk? 
And so, you know, you could you could do this yourself as an exercise. It's quite nice for you to get other people to do it with you because it's always an honest reflection from an outside perspective. You know, you can't see the back of your own head. And it's a lot easier to to speak to a person than to set up like, you know, two separate, three separate mirrors so you can see the back of your head. A lot easier, a lot easier. So just ask someone, hey, do I have something on the back of my head? No. Great, thanks. You know, so the very simple point is the need for back bearings. And I believe that this is a good idea with beliefs that you choose as well as goals. So, for example, examining my belief in uh, no alcohol. So I have... Today, uh, it is 21 years and 8 months and 19 days of no, no alcohol for me. Now, it's very easy for me to count because, you know, that happened on a New Year's Eve. So it's very easy. I just count the number of years and months and whatever. And the simple idea is that um, I don't just take it and be like, yeah, well, I don't drink. That's part of my personality. Sure, you can do that. But it still is worthwhile taking a back bearing and saying, why did I stop drinking in the first place? Well, it was for this intention. Okay, does that still serve me today? Would uh, starting drinking socially again, I mean, of course, I'm not talking about becoming a raging alcoholic, but rather starting to drink socially, would that benefit me? You know, would it benefit me to be more social with people and perhaps bond over, you know, a meal and a glass of wine or something like that? And the simple answer is that re-examining it I don't necessarily see any major um, any major benefits to starting again. So I'm like, all right, maybe my feelings aren't as strong as they used to be with it, but there's absolutely no need for me to start up again. So that's fine. You know, my back bearing is, is correct. It's fine. I'll continue on this road, on this path. So the same is said for goals. Like if you originally start making a goal, um, you know, writing it down and starting the actions with a particular outcome in mind, eventually getting down the road and just, and asking yourself, do I still want this? That becomes super important. You know, that's that type of questioning and being like, why did I want this goal in the first place? What was the reason that I wanted to achieve this goal? I wanted to do this thing. Great. Why did you want to do that thing? Well, maybe because I wanted money. Well, why did you want money? Well, because I saw when I was younger that people with no money actually suffered quite a lot. Okay, well, do you still see that? Do you still see the suffering? You know, your your younger mind that came up with this goal saw that as the solution. Do you still see that as the solution or not? Do you still see this as the way to fix that particular problem? Do you still do you still want this as much now or are you at a good place with it? The reexamination of some things super important. And so let's talk about this. Everybody's pushing for like, well, there is no moment but the present. So mindfulness is all about being present and life is all about living to be present. But the mind has the ability to actually balance between all three time zones, the past, present and the future. And if you want to get into it, so taking a back bearing and reflecting is also part of putting yourself into the past mind. You know, you're looking at your past decisions, you're deciding. And so I would say that reflection is thinking about the past. That is not being mindful. Technically, it's not being mindful. But it's actually a very good practice to do. To reflect is super, super, super important. You know, it's part of feedback. It's part of change. It's deciding, huh, what did I do wrong about that particular thing? What do I want? What did I do right? What do I want to change? What do I want to train more? What do I want to keep? That serves humans 
very well. And so this is, if, if we just stop the podcast here and say, thank you very much, that's it. That would be the end of the podcast. And I think enough of a push to convince people that the present moment isn't all that exists that can serve you well. Good positive reflection, super important. Okay, but I'm, like I said, I'm going to introduce three, perhaps four, and there are two past ones. And so the second past one is this idea that all of our present reactions to things are things that are conditioned into us, either by a choice or non-choice, you know, um, they are reactive conditioning or chosen conditioning to what has happened before this moment. So for example, if uh, you've been bitten by dogs and every time there's a dog around, you know, you have a fear response, guess what? Your body's still living in the past, even though your mind is trying to be mindful about the present. Your body is still programmed to respond to that dog as if it did back in the day, right? Because that's the job of the body to keep you alive. And of course, any skill that you train or you practice, whether it be mathematics, even though you're doing math and you are using your mind um, to do math now, you have conditioned your mind to behave in these certain ways. The knowledge that your mind has got comes from the past. So you are constantly digging up memories in order to interact with the present. And so being mindful has interactions with the past. So again, it's not just this present moment. So we can also say, well, being mindful is just all about noticing the present moment. Great. Okay, so let's say the present is when you try to activate and utilize all of your past um, all of your past experiences to then be active in the present, participate in the present, don't try and escape the present, etc. Um, and then what's quite interesting is that you have a future you. Now, highly, highly, highly recommended is a talk that um, psychologist Dan Ariely gave uh, for TEDx Duke on self-control. And <clears throat> I'll attach it below if you want in the show notes of this. But uh, the idea is that uh, you can search for it easily on Google. Just Google Dan Ariely self-control. All right. You don't need to because I'm about to explain his point. But if you're very interested in getting more, absolutely. So the point that he uh, demonstrated is this idea of if I offered you a half box of chocolates right now, let's say I tempted you a little bit, you know, like I took out chocolates, I let you smell them, I pass them around, I let you see them. So they became very physical. And I offered you a half a box of chocolates right now compared to, all right, if you just wait a week, you'll get a full box of chocolates next week. Okay. How many people would actually choose the half box of chocolates now? And the answer is actually most people. Most people would choose that half box of chocolates now versus the full box of chocolates next week. And he proposed the same experiment, but you added one year to both times. So one year from now, half box of chocolates versus one year plus one week from now, a full box of chocolates. And of course, everybody went for the option of the full box of chocolates because what is one more week attached to a year? What he was trying to demonstrate is that there are actually uh, two different versions of yourself. One that makes decisions right now to benefit yourself right now versus the future you. And so it's this idea that future you requires you to sacrifice something now so that you can benefit in the future. And so if you want to call this like long-term thinking versus short-term thinking, or if you want to call this present hedonism versus you know, uh, preparation for the future or planning or something like that. Sure. You know, the short-term 
satisfaction, this instant gratification versus delayed gratification. We can label this in multiple, multiple ways. But the idea is when you start exercising to, you know, the mind to make decisions to benefit a future version of yourself, then you start to see um, the the present uh, instant gratification self um, start to become a little bit more uh, what's the word I want to use? Exercised. It's not restricted. It's just a little bit more stable. You can stabilize yourself a lot easier in the present. And part of this <clears throat> brings up this idea of, you know, the brain and how the brain works. The central executive network is part of the, the, the more evolved part of the brain, which actually makes hard decisions, plannings, things like that. But it also has something to regulate emotions and emotional control and it's something that only sets in much later on in in your development so by the age of 25 you should have um, this ability to actually self-regulate and self-moderate so the idea is that um, you know this is something that people need to exercise it means that it's easier to make a choice between pleasure now or double the pleasure later you know a savings account versus the purchasing the ps4 right now you know, so retail therapy is this idea of instant gratification versus delayed gratification of saving up for something like putting something on layaway and the appreciation that comes with that type of stuff. So it's quite interesting. So once again, the mind has these three zones, two that focus on the past. One, let's just say, is reflection. The second one is going to be the interaction with memories, you know, that automated reaction to things. The present moment, which is utilizing everything, and the future version of yourself, which um, you need to learn in the present to make decisions to benefit a future version of yourself. You know, go to sleep earlier. Why? Because your future self would appreciate a lot more. Uh, eat healthy vegetables, greens, you know, um, make better food choices. Why? Because a future version of yourself would appreciate that. When you build up enough of it, the present version of yourself also enjoys it. So, for example, people who are used to exercising, they know that the future version of themselves will benefit from them exercising, but they learn to also enjoy the moment. So by making decisions to benefit a future version of yourself, you actually learn to enjoy aspects of these things anyway. So it's quite interesting that we can get instant gratification by learning instant gratification about something that is beneficial for a future version of ourselves. So the very simple point is that we need the ability to balance all of these states in your mind, all of these versions of yourself, you know, all of these different parts and aspects. We need to harmonize them together. And so I humbly suggest a term, cognitive agility, the, uh, the ability to jump between these various versions so that we can see which is the most appropriate for the present moment you know, for making decisions that we're presented with. So the ability to bounce between these different versions of ourselves. So if you are not a person that can make healthy decisions for the benefit of your future, that is something that you need to exercise, right? If you're a person who's completely reactive, that is something that you need to exercise because we actually need all of them and we need the ability to move between all of them so that we can be better for ourselves and we're better for people around us and we can benefit others a lot more and that of course leads to more fulfillment because we feel better when we help others we feel better when we are stabilized as well so there's this very simple point is that developing the skills of the different versions of ourselves can actually help us 
to feel better, so selfish, and to be able to benefit others, to feel selfless, and to help us accomplish the goals that we want to accomplish so that we can leave a lasting legacy behind us as well. And in all of these ways, um, we are utilizing natural things that are within us. So that's that's the idea. Taking back bearings is one part. It's the reflections. And that helps us to stay focused and on point. So there's a lot to, to go into. And I'm going to stop the podcast here. And I'm going to say to you, you know, if you want to leave a five-star review, I would love that. You know, or any review, please let me know some feedback. But the truth is, is that these are just meant to be ideas that spark Uh, conversations between you and another person meaningful conversation is ultimately the best way to get through things so leave a five-star review if you feel called to but more to the point is share this with a person that you would like to have a conversation with on this topic and uh, i hope that this gives you lots and lots and lots of food for thought until next time my name is justin this has been thought architecture i hope you all have a wonderful week ciao ciao